Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by Tell Me Studios for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm Fraser McGrewer and I'm here with Nick Hare and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing Naughty Google. Peter, go for it. So a uh, recent recent thing that's happened, uh, the EU uh, has um, ruled in an antitrust uh, case that Google needs to pay uh, about uh, £2.1 billion pounds, uh, to the EU as a fine for manipulating search results, specifically results relating to shopping. Uh, the, what, and it's alleged that... Uh, that uh, the Google search results, if you search for something like flip-flops, um, will uh, preferentially direct you to uh, Google-affiliated shops or even their own their own shopping services. Um, and it's been suggested that this is uh, anti-competitive and, and therefore not a nice way to behave. Uh, and uh, Google should be uh, fined as a result of it and this is this is separate there are there are lots of there are various other antitrust things going on with google in the eu at the moment but this one this one specifically has sort of has come to fruition and just for the avoidance of doubt we're talking here about the main search results we're not talking about the little adverts that pop yeah, up correct uh which are obviously presented as adverts this is the the allegation is that um people who were paying google to be advertisers uh, effectively were, were getting bumped up on the search rankings purely because they were paying yes for that right yeah. um, and okay, also as you said google's own sort of and google's own thing so if you put in uh fast and furious three it will direct you it, the, the 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 entry in the google movies play uh uh the, the google the google shop uh, will be heart will be more prevalent than say for example amazon or netflix or or indeed uh and it, it, the the case has been sort of um pursued by uh other shopping sites um that that are uh, earn money by making re- re- references for products mm. um and and they get they they are appear very much further down the search queues of several pages down because that's what i'm saying it's not just that they're edging out and bumping out some of the advertised stuff they're uh, edging out and bumping down the natural SEO stuff, right? Is that yeah. As well? So, so um, ju- let me. Am, am I right in thinking that this is explicitly, let's say, including? Do we think in their PageRank algorithm a variable that says, you know, if if this is a Google service, uh, you know, at increase its PageRank, or um, or is it something a bit more like, you know, the VW emissions scandal, where uh you know they weren't there was the, the the cars were genuinely emitting less uh less um uh you know carbon monoxide or whatever in in a test environment but that's because the car uh detected that it was in a test environment now that's part of the functioning of the car hmm. it's part of the functioning I, of the car to really so so now the so that's what i mean really like they could they could and i think they were relying on the idea that well you know this is just how the car works right when it when it detects these things because it's smart it it switches into a low yeah. emissions mode i i, I suspect uh, arguing on sort of google's behalf that it's probably the latter i think what's happened happens is that it preferentially treats pages that have got 
particular structures and particular markups in the how the information is displayed google makes use of lots of structured information so stuff that uh, stuff behind your web page that isn't displayed to the to the person looking at it when they look at the browser is read by the, the by the google crawler uh, and used to rank pages and you can explicitly include additional information that, that google will pick up on so, so I, I suspect what happens is that the google pages and pages that are affiliated in some way with Google come with additional help and support from Google to make your page better in mm. terms of the Google crawl. So if you're if you're if you're if you're, if you're uh, an affiliate of Google um, selling services or goods, then Google will probably provide you with here's how to make your page appear good on our on our search. Whereas those companies which aren't uh, don't have that additional help. Is so, it true to say that the PageRank algorithm is uh, proprietary? Oh, very much, yeah. So, so yeah. we have to, we can only backwards engineer what we understand about its functioning. Uh, so, 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 is it fair to say this is sort of, at least in information terms, inconclusive? We, we, they, they have concluded that that Google is doing this, but they don't know for sure because they don't know exactly how. No yeah. one knows exactly yeah, how yeah, that algorithm I think so, works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think, and I think the way that they've, the way that's been tested is um, essentially lots and lots of anecdotal kind of um, yeah. doing searches and seeing where things appear and then and then um, subjectively deciding uh, where a page should have appeared if it was if it was equitable yeah well, and i on. think the sorry go on well what i want to say is so if we just move beyond the technical side of it okay um and just move on to the question of monopolies and move on to the question of well is there any difference now in this in the digital age between a monopoly happening now in, in the tech world um is there any diff is that any different from there being a monopoly of utilities for example i think you've i think you uh, i i'd say that you picked on uh not necessarily the most interesting question thank you but it is it is uh <laughs> worthwhile asking that but i think there's two uh other questions that i i think are, are oh let's hear your here. questions then first of all is it good Right. Is it a good thing if uh, advertising, if goods that are, you know, being advertised are are being made more salient for me? Right. So let's say that I, you know, if um, if I am looking for flip flops, is it good that, uh, you know, people who are advertising more are more likely to get their flip flops put in front of me? Uh, so that's another thing. Like, do we targeted advertising and that sort of thing, which is uh, something a lot of people get stressed out about uh, with the internet. You know, the fact that adverts will appear in your Facebook feed that that are directly um, to do with stuff that you know Google knows you've been looking for, or Facebook knows that you've been looking for. That's one question. But the other one is the extent to which um, this is something which is deceit in some way. You know, if does Google claim? that the search results are entirely based on relevance um you know is it is it the case that they say well no these are entirely based on relevance and and if i'm using the service on the basis that i'm only going to get relevant rather than you know relevant material rather than rather than material that marketers have paid for um is that the issue so first of all the issue of whether or not this kind of marketing activity is you know morally okay to begin with and secondly whether or not there's deceit in the way that google presents those searches because i i think most people are probably upset by the perception of deceit mm. by by you know they think that google is serving them some something based entirely on relevance 
but it turns out that what they're but getting like, um, is something based on yeah. what well, marketers have devised. I, I don't think Google has ever said that this is the most equitable search ever. I think they they aim for the best search, uh, and how you define best is 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 really is quite sort of subjective. I don't. So I don't. I. I so I think it's a little. It's almost disingenuous to have a go at Google for providing this amazing free service that's probably added billions, if not trillions, of value to the economy, um, uh, and then wins that it's not good enough. I mean, it reminds me of the 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 eternal um, the sort of eternal struggle between advertisers and media. So uh, you know, the the it was always the case that you know the people producing content on newspapers the journalists etc uh would really want to make it absolutely clear in the paper which bits was news and which bits was adverts and of course uh, but the marketing teams and the advertisers themselves want to make it look like news so that hence the phenomenon of those uh ridiculous uh, adverts for you know lumbar supports which yeah. which are dressed up to and look the, like they're a the news outer, article the outer page of the metro which is yeah. a peel off page which is all adverts and 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 of course you know the from a sort of strategic point of view the newspapers have ultimately made the decision that it's better to have those things distinct even though they could probably charge more to the marketers they recognise that it's better to have the news be as objective and clear as possible and distinguished from uh, adverts because that's what the consumers ultimately want. Uh, and this is not too dissimilar. This question is very much the digital version of that. Um, but it would also it's it's actually also interest of the marketers and the advertisers as well that it's like that. No, because no marketers. If I if I was selling no. if I was selling a new kind of lumbar support, I'd want people to think that my advert no, was actually news. You wouldn't. You wouldn't because in one sense you might because that. But it's very short termist because ultimately what those people want are an audience, and once you start producing a, a newspaper magazine that is not authentic or reliable, then your readership will drop and suddenly your marketers and advertisers are out of a job. So, I mean, there it's in their interest as well. But actually, um, by its nature, commerce can be quite short-termist. And so that's why they would pursue those short-term goals. Yeah, um, and, but sure. I mean, but, but in this case, um, you know, the question is, if Google are open about the fact that they... Uh, you know, sometimes it's influenced by the search results are influenced by uh, whether or not a service is provided by Google or whether it's by one of Google's, you know, um, someone who's p- paying Google to do marketing or whatever. Um, if they're open about that, are they then vulnerable? I mean, is there a market for someone to come along and say, aha, but I've got a different search engine? So this go- does go back. This goes back. Now we've got back to what you said, which is, are Google a monopoly? And should we start regulating them like a monopoly? And so, what's the answer to those two questions? Well, you you first of all have to decide what their what their services are. So, what service do they allegedly have a monopoly over? And the the, the kind of the definition of a monopoly is that the fixed costs are uh, you know in the in the industry of, of of setting yourself up to provide something are such that the market can only support one provider basically so you know what you can't have uh it's just going to be too expensive for me to set up my own gas distribution company um you know the cost of uh putting all of the pipes in to be a rival gas distribution company 
uh, is is such that you know either either I will stay in business or my rival will stay in business. But one way or the other, there can only really be the market enough for one, and then and then um, you know then then you have effectively an entirely redundant set of, set of set of gas pipes covering a bunch of people. So the 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 the, the argument is well that that industry the fixed costs are such that there will only ever be one player in that market. Uh, now the question is is that true here? But I is, don't think so. I, but is, I that, think, is that still a valid definition, though? Like, I, well, I think so. I well, mean, what, about, the point what is, about what's happening with is News stopping, International, for example? Nothing is and, stopping it, stopping someone setting up a rival search engine. If we're just thinking about Google search uh, services, no one's, no, nothing's yeah, stopping I mean, anyone. There, there, are, there are other viable search yeah. engines. I mean, Bing uh, is, Duck, Duck, is Go. pretty good. And, uh, so, uh, and likewise, Yahoo has, has come on and... Um, in recent years, but yeah, but they, they, but Google do enjoy a sort of market dominance uh, that those others, other ones, don't have. And they also have this this issue of well, is their service something to do with the integration between things like uh, all of their you know their map services and their and their news uh, feeds and you know their um, email service and all of these other things that they provide. If they are getting uh, value out of you know the fact that there's an economy of scale for providing those things and that the services are better, then then that, that becomes another an mm. argument to say, mm. well, actually, what they're providing is something is not just a search service. They're providing a, a this sort of basket of services that really no one else can can enter now. That Google has such a strong sort of network um, uh, economy of scale. That it's going to be impossible for somebody else to enter that market, then then that's yeah. potentially an argument for for regulatory intervention. In the sake for the sake of moving things on a bit, yeah. Well, but, also we need to move things on a bit because actually we're getting close to wrapping up time ish. Okay. Well, for the sake of moving things on a little bit, then so let's assume that Google, yes, is controls monopoly and well, that's we and probably, that's only what the European Commission we should thinks, probably, right? Yeah, like uh, yeah, if we agreed with the U- European Commission, they they're going to enjoy some sort of monopoly and they need to do something about this. Do do antitrust, uh, anti-competitive interventions like fines actually work? Um, uh, and you know, does this, does such economic interference from central uh, governance bodies actually make a difference? Um, and I, I I did trying to do a bit of research on this. It was difficult to really dig out any sort of decent comparative studies. Um, uh, but one, one a, a, a useful case study which I um, will I'm going to look at more. But in 2008. Um, large fines, I think, by the EU again, were levied against Intel for anti-competitive behaviour in in microprocessor um, uh, in microprocessor industry, uh, and you'd expect, uh, as a result of that, then large competitors like AMD and ARM would have got a bit of a, a boost in the market. But I, I found very little evidence to suggest they actually had done. In fact, the, their their sales have been pretty much flat in terms of market share that's not necessarily the aim of intervention though um it's it actually is really uh, tricky with google because all of the things that they provide are are free at the point of use typically the uh the aim of uh, the aim of of um of intervention would be to regulate prices because if you have a monopoly what it means is effectively they're able to restrict supply and increase price so normally you have price uh, regulation that's what we have for things like water and uh, you know to an extent things like rail um, in this case that's not quite the intended effect but it might be another argument for fines at least is that you're trying to capture for the for the public in the form of the government um, the uh, 
the value that they would have got through if it was a competitive market. So, so uh, you know, if if the idea being that things would be cheaper if you have competition in this hypothetical world where you have competition where you don't in the real world, things are going to be cheaper. So the fine is supposed to redress that balance, you know. If you, but but again, what what uh, you know in this case, how where is you know for the as far as the consumers are concerned, it's all free anyway. Mm. So it's it, it's quite unusual. It's an unusual. It's not very like a lot of other you know anti-monopoly. Uh, intervention. I mean, we we need to we need to finish. So, have we come to some sort of clu- conclusion on this? No, no, not really. No, I'm no. If it was easy, <laughs> we wouldn't be talking about it. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, uh, my feeling is that we are we m- we might uh, overestimate how sticky some uh, web industries are. So, I I know sort of you know people point to something like Facebook. So like you can't, there can't be another Facebook now. Facebook has sucked up the entire market, um, but actually uh, they completely can. I mean, look at things like MySpace, and uh, you know it just totally died. It totally got it, Facebook just turned up and 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 killed MySpace off. Um, you know, there's if somebody came up with something better than Facebook, uh, you know, the setup costs are not are not huge. And if it was easy to transfer your data, which you know arguably it it isn't, but perhaps it's getting easier. Then, um, then I, you know, I can I can foresee these massive web monopolies, these online monopolies, uh, actually, you know, being uh, being outcompeted. I, I just think it, people people fail to imagine what the next thing is. Sure, well, uh, but another question we've not really really got into is: Are big web monopolies actually much of a problem in terms of the cons- in terms of the consumer? Uh, who they're ultimately they're they're providing services for, providing value to to to, to everybody, because you know if Google hadn't been able to get into a position of market dominance, it wouldn't have been able to develop uh, the, the, the 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 services to the extent it has done, which are extremely varied and incredibly useful. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, had they had they been forced into a more competitive environment, they would be. You know, they'd, they'd be, their stuff would be less good. Yeah, I mean, so just probably worth saying that the the you know there's this saying, isn't there, that if 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 the service is free, you know, you're you're not the customer basically. And I think in this in the case of Google, that the argument is well, actually, Google's customers are the people who pay Google to advertise, um, and the business consumers who use their services and, and subscribe to them. Uh, and the argument is that if there were more than one Google, if there were multiple. Um, you know, industry, um, multiple companies providing the same service, they, those advertisers will get a cheaper service. That that's so ultimately that's that's the idea sure. that actually advertisers only have one choice for advertising. So okay. really, when you think of the advertisers of the customers, which we should, um, you know, they're the ones in whose interest uh, the, uh, the the these sort of anti-monopoly agencies are. are Good point. Um, actually, just so to, to round it off and bring it back around something you were saying, now, um, Nick, is just how dominant, really, how sure is the place of something like Facebook, which you know it feels um, ubiquitous, let's say. Um, and something I've heard anecdotally a lot is, oh, younger generations they don't really use Facebook; it's mm. for oldies and things like that. And you know, I more or less believed that or didn't believe that. I don't know, but. Um, I'm doing a bit of teaching at the moment and working with lots of 14 to 17 year olds and I was astonished when they all revealed that they they never ever use Facebook 
Um, and some, you know, some are saying, oh, I've, I've, one, I've never used it, or others saying, oh, I might have looked at it in the last year, that's it. And they, they really don't use Facebook, you know. And I thought I was all young and cool and trendy and very much at the cutting edge of technology um, using Facebook, using social, this social media, but I'm not. Um, but what no, they, you want to be sending uh, rude pictures of yourself via Snapchat. That's, right. that's what all teenagers do, apparently, exactly. according and, to the internet. Yeah, and, 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 and indeed, they are really into Snapchat, uh, WhatsApp, um, Instagram. Instagram was the big one. That's what they used to talk to each other as well. So, 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 yeah. So there we go. That's the death knell rung on uh, Facebook, and you heard it here first. Yeah. It might be a generational thing, though. As your as your sort of social priorities change, then you might start adopting Facebook because it's it's a more convenient, all in one place kind of social platform. And you, the desire, as you start getting older and start wrinkling and drooping, you don't want to share naked photos of yourself with your friends. Then you 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 stop using. Um, you, want, you want to have a, You want to get on there and have a moan about your lumbago. Yes. Yeah. 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 I uh, I yeah personally, I I actually have really noticed, perhaps in you know, and this is after it's ten years now, I think, since I went onto Facebook. Recently, I've found myself thinking less and less. Oh, I must check Facebook. I, I've really a feeling of. I think I've seen all this before. It's another someone else's holiday pics from the Bahamas. Oh, all right, I'll be sure yeah. to tag you in my photos yeah. and from the no, Bahamas. I think I'm finally, finally, finally had enough. Which yeah. could be, yeah. Once when when I stop, when I stop using something, it really is. You know, which is surprising. Yeah. <laughs> it contradicts. It contradicts what uh, Peter said because obviously you're very um, wrinkly and drooping. Yeah. And, and yet there he is turning off Facebook. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And moving to Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you very much. Um, that's it from the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Peter Coghill and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. Thank you. And until next time, bye-bye. Mm-hmm.